Welcome back to the big program. Uh, let's check in with Andrew Peard, Edmonton Oil Kings play-by-play man and uh, also uh, a new little kind of gig on the horizon here. We'll get to that in a second. Morning, AP. How are you, big fella? Doing well, Kevin. How are you today? Very good. Very good. Having a great show. Enjoying things. Got some good guests. And we had our in or out with Lorianne Munzer. And uh, looking forward to talking to you, big guy, about, well, first of all, yesterday's game, the Oil Kings. It was all the Kings men, I guess, down at Rogers Place with the Wheat Kings and Oil Kings uh, going at it. And uh, kind of a bit of a come from behind uh, victory for the Oil Kings. Uh, Fill us in. Yeah, no, it was a uh, battle royale for sure between uh, the Oil Kings and Wheat Kings. And uh, you know what? It was a good one for, for Edmonton, the way they won that game, because, um, you know, this is, as you know, Kevin, a very young uh, Oil Kings team still learning some things. And, and, and last night they, they got off to a really, really slow start. I mean, they were down 4-1 uh, basically midway through the second period and, and seemingly were stuck in the mud against the team and the Brandon Wheat Kings that were playing their third game in two and a half days and you know, Edmonton was off the day before, so there was a lot of things lining up for Edmonton to be able to take advantage of the Wheat Kings, but um, uh, a bit more of a veteran group and Brandon kind of uh, came out of the gates a little bit stronger than I think Edmonton was anticipating, and, and the Oil Kings were slow starters in that game. But what I liked was that they, they, they were able to regroup and refocus through the, through the second period, and uh, they started getting their legs moving, and that started to wear down the Brandon Wheat Kings. And then the comeback was on, and you know Marshall Finney was a, a big part of that with two goals and an assist. Easton Mannix, a former Brandon Wheat King, uh, a kid who hadn't scored in the WHL, he gets his first career goal in that game. So you know, top to bottom of the lineup, it was everyone contributing to to, to pull the team back, and it was it was a lot of fun to watch. It was a great crowd at Rogers Place, and uh, you know, it's another one of those stepping stones for for this young team and, and uh, lessons learned along the way. Of, as they try and push towards, you know, trying to, to get back into the playoff picture as we head into the stretch run here in the WHL. Andrew appeared our guest on Sports 1440, Edmonton Oil Kings play-by-play, man. So you did touch on it a little bit, uh, AP, with the fact that this is a very young team and so many injuries this year as well. How have the uh, young players been able to kind of just keep pressing and finding their way through because they've had some, you know, extenuating circumstances this year? Yeah, it's it's been crazy. I haven't quite run the numbers yet on man games lost, but it was uh, a lot of players out for for like long term injuries. It wasn't day to day injuries. It was guys that were week to week or, or month to month, and it was you know top end guys in the lineup. I mean, they didn't have Ty Nash, one of their overage players, in, until November. Adam Yeko, who was going to be a possible first round pick at this year's NHL draft, he missed eleven games uh, along the way. Skyler Bruce has missed some time. Gavin Hodnett was was injured early on. Uh, Reese Peterson, a, a big-time defenseman for this team, uh, he missed a bunch of times. So, um, you know, what that did was it, it forced a lot of these younger guys to, to play more games than they were probably anticipating, as well as when they were in those games playing bigger minutes. I think of a guy like Blake Fiddler, 16-year-old mm-hmm. defenseman. Um, you know, this is a kid that was going to be slowly brought along, but when Reese Peterson and Carter Kowalik were all injured early on in the year, he had to play top four minutes, and you know what? He thrives. So this, that was something that, that really, um, while the team was going through it and, and struggling to put together wins, um, it, it was hard to see. But at the end of the day, I think it was something that was very beneficial for a lot of these young players um, in the Edmonton lineup. Gavin Hodnett taking on a bigger uh, role and responsibility. A guy like Landon Hansen playing up and down the lineup. Um, that was very, very important for their development. But now they've got everyone back. Everyone's slotted into the right spot. And they went out and they got 
Grayson Souchin at the near the WHL trade deadline coming out of the Christmas break. And, you know, this is a second round NHL pick and he's only 18 years old. So he, he's right at that right uh, age that Edmonton was looking for. And, and just bringing him in, it puts everyone where they need to be. And now with some good health, I mean, the oil Kings, you look at it over their last 15 hockey games, they're eight, six and one. Uh, they're playing some really, really good hockey. The power plays really come on as of late. And, you know, this feels like a, a team that is, is ready to start competing with, with some of the upper echelon teams here in the not-so-distant future. Where, where are the Kings at, Andrew, in the sense of, um, you know, the chances to make a playoff push and a playoff run because they just kind of started so far behind the eight ball? Uh, what, what are we looking at here? Yeah, no, you mentioned it. That's, that's, that's going to be the biggest obstacle. Do I think this team is is playoff caliber a team that could be in the the seven eight range yes they are like you look at their roster and the the talent that they have this is a team that that would not be you know out of their depth playing in the playoffs but because they did dig themselves such a a big hole early on in the year it's going to be tough to get there um the good news is you know the the team they're really trying to track down is the calgary hitman and now the calgary hitman have owned the oil kings this year but um, Edmonton still has, I think it's four or five games left against the Hitmen. Um, and if you can take care of business there uh, against them, you're going to put yourself in a position where you're playing a lot of meaningful games in March. So, you know, that's, that's sort of the, the task at hand for the Oil Kings, and it's, it's picking up points along the way. This team has a, a big couple of weeks ahead tomorrow night, uh, playing in Lethbridge against a really good Hurricanes team. And then next weekend, a home-and-home with Calgary that kicks off uh, what will be then a – uh, a four-game trip out through Saskatchewan and Manitoba. So, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see where Edmonton's at after that trip. It's one of those ones that, you know, you want to go 500 or above on. And if they are, I, I think they're going to find themselves in a, in a position where at least the games uh, into to mid-February uh, into to March are, are going to mean something. And I think that's the number one thing for this team and these young players to be playing meaningful hockey uh, as we get into the, the, the final few weeks of the season. Well, Kings play-by-play man Andrew Peart, our guest on uh, Kevin Carey show on Sports 1440. So um, it's a developmental league. We all know that for the WHL. And, you know, players have dreams about going to the next level and maybe the NHL. And we always talk about central scouting and rankings and and players, you know, opening the eyes of scouts and teams. Uh, Who would be in that conversation when it comes to the Oil Kings? Yeah, uh, the the number one guy that uh, a lot of people are looking at and why we have a lot of scouts at our games is is Adam Yetko. He's our uh, import forward from Czechia, six foot five, two hundred pounds, um, plays the middle of the ice. Um, he is he has been listed as I think he was ranked eleventh by uh, NHL Central Scouting in their midterm rankings amongst North American skaters. It, it sounds funny. I say he's from Czechia and he's listed mm-hmm. as a North American skater. It's because he's playing in North America, so that's why he's on uh, that list. But, uh, you know, it doesn't stop there. It, it, then, you know, Parker Alcos, who is just a, a wonderful story, defenseman for the Oil Kings. This is his first full year with the team. Uh, he came to the team's training camp last year as quite literally a free agent invite. He wasn't listed by the team. He wasn't signed by the team. And and he honestly wasn't even originally invited to training camp. Someone pulled out uh, one of our scouts in BC said, hey, you should bring Parker in. Uh, I think he can come in and at least be a body at camp. And he had such a good camp. He ends up being signed to his scholarship and development agreement. Um, And then last year playing minor hockey was, was a great year of development for him. And then this year, he has hit the ground running in the Western Hockey League, playing on a pairing with uh, defenseman Mark Lejoie, mm-hmm. a five-year veteran in this league, and, and he has not looked out of place. And he was ranked 
99th by NHL Central Scouting. And I think if you talked to Parker a couple of years ago and said, uh, in, in 2024, you're going to be ranked for the NHL draft, he would have thought you were crazy. But he's worked really hard to get to this point, and I think he's going to be a guy that's drafted. And then, you know, Reese Peterson, who's battled through injury this year, he was on those rankings. He's a, a big, tall, uh, shut-down physical defenseman. Uh, we'll see if he ends up going. And then the best story this year was Gavin Hodnett. Um, this is a, a, a skill-wise, uh, this is an all-world player. He has as much skill as anyone in the Western Hockey League and ability. The one knock on him will always be his size. As he's a, he's a diminutive forward coming in at about five foot seven, 150 pounds. Um, but he did get onto the rankings this year. Um, this is a guy that's you know going to lead the Oil Kings likely in points for a second consecutive season in just his second season with the team. Um, and, and I think. You know, if if I'm a team with a you know seventh round draft pick, this player is someone that that they should be keeping an eye on because um, you know he he takes the game so seriously. He he wants to be a professional hockey player. He he lives, breathes, eats, sleeps hockey. Uh, he's always working to get better, and he plays with a chip on his shoulder because he has been you know overlooked in the past, whether it be for Holinka Gretzky Cups or or U18 championships. Um, you know, he's he's not a guy that's ever been on that radar simply because uh, of his size. But you watch him on a nightly basis like I get to do, uh, and you see that this kid is for real. He is uh, a terrific talent, and, and we're all really pulling for him to get uh, selected this year. You know, sometimes he reminds me of uh, Tyler Ennis a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. if you go back back into the yeah. days of uh, when Tyler was, of course, Edmonton product and, uh, you know, played in Medicine Hat and things like that. So uh, Andrew appeared with us. So, Andrew, we have to talk a little bit about you personally and some big <laughs> big news and uh so congratulations you are kind of going to be doing a couple of jobs here i guess in the next little bit but uh you're going to be moving up uh, with the oilers in their comms department Uh, just to touch on that and how excited you are to kind of take over a role that uh, sean may had for so many years now he's off to the la kings but how excited are you uh, to move up uh, i guess uh, in the organization uh, to the big club if you want to call it like that uh, no, yeah, super excited. I don't like talking about myself too much, Kevin, but yeah. uh, no, really excited for this opportunity. And, uh, you know, getting to work with, with Jamie and Kate is, is something that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, and it was an opportunity I had to jump at, but, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, it comes back to, to OEG and what a great place that has been to work and, and the opportunity um, that they have afforded me and, and getting to work with with the Edmonton Oil Kings. You know, they, they've helped prepare me for this, and it's, it's just a, a super group of people working on the Oil Kings side of things, you know, right at the top from, from Kurt Hill and Kevin Radomski. Um, to, to the coaching staff and, and Luke Pierce, Serge Lajoie, Josh Mallory, and then the training staff. Those are the, the heartbeats mm-hmm. of the team. And, uh, you know, Rogan Dean, sort of the, the, the stalwart back there for, for them. And then Jimmy McKnight, who had the, the, the hardest job I think I've ever had to witness. Someone had to come in and replace Brian Cheeseman after he left for the Elks. And Brian, you know, you know he is the, the best to ever do it. And, uh, you know, Jimmy's come in and, and he's, been, he's been just a super guy. And getting to work with, with all of them has been just the, the – the biggest pleasure of my career, but um, yeah, it was a, an opportunity to, to to jump at something, and uh, really looking forward to to this next step. How's it going to work here in the next little bit with Oil Kings play by play, and you know, moving that transition to the Oilers as well? Uh, still kind of working through that. So uh, for any fans that uh, are sick of listening to me call <laughs> Oil King games, unfortunately, they're sick 
stuck with me for for a little while longer. Uh, uh, not quite sure when the the final game will be, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, you know relishing uh, every every single goal and and hit and save uh, along the way here over the next uh, week and a bit. So uh, not quite sure when the last one will be, but uh, looking forward to, to the ones that you get to do. Well, really appreciate you coming on. Enjoyed working with you with the Oil Kings, and now we will enjoy working with you with the uh, Oilers. Uh, congratulations, AP. Uh, thanks for hopping on today. Hey, anytime. Appreciate it, Kevin. All right, that's uh, Andrew Peard, Oil Kings play-by-play man, and now moving up to work in the communications department with the Edmonton Oilers. When we come back, we will check in with... Gord Stellick, Sirius XM NHL Radio, former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's coming up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Time now for our headliner of the day, brought to you by Mr. Reuter Plumbing. At Mr. Reuter, they only employ the finest organic grain-fed, free-range plumbers. For all your plumbing needs, go to Mr. Reuter. As we welcome in Gord Stellick from Sirius XM NHL Radio. Morning, Gord. Welcome back to Sports 1440. Uh, good to be back, Kevin. Well, you know, I, I told you the last time you were on with us, Gordon, in the morning that um, I get to listen to you and, and Lachlan uh, for about four minutes on my drive to work in the morning because that's how quick or close I live to the studios here. And uh, then, so I was listening today and you were just back from a little little vacation, little holiday, but I didn't catch where you were. What was it all about? Well, you know, something uh, like out of my comfort zone, so kind of a once-in-a-lifetime tight trip for me. So my wife and I were with three other couples in the British Virgin Islands. Ooh. So sailing uh, a bunch of different islands, the other couples had done it before, and, and they knew how to, uh, um, you know, uh, pilot the boat or navigate the boat. So it was, uh, you know, I, sailing still is not my cup of tea in the big picture, but it was kind of a, a, a one-off opportunity. So we had a great time, hmm. and uh, and now back to reality. So, so how big was the boat, and like how did it work with uh, these couples that kind of kind of know how to operate it? Well, uh, so like like it was a big one, like fifty feet long, hmm. whatever, four bedrooms, four washrooms. Hmm. Um, the the one guy that the main guy is in charge also doubles as my doctor, so that made me feel good. And he's uh, he's the guy that you know really knows how to drive it. And then a few other people assisted. I was like Gilligan, right? I was like, I, <laughs> I was, was the say. most useless person on it, but I, I did my bit. And I, and I will tell you, Kevin, you know, there were, there were one, one day in particular, man, um, the, uh, the, the seas got rough, if not for the courage of our fearless crew. I don't, I don't know <laughs> quite that, but uh, it, it is, um, it is an eye opener when, when you haven't, you know, you don't really know the ocean and how, yeah. uh, boy, how big and how tough and how turbulent it could get. So it had a little bit of everything. It was a lot of enjoyment, we, but we had some serious sales. Hmm. And yeah, and a big thing not having to hire a crew is uh, you know plus cost wise, and and uh, and and they knew what they're doing, so uh, they got us safely. Whatever we were, um, you don't dock, but you find these balls that are kind of anchors, and you try to log log onto them, and hmm. there'd be a little bit of friendly yelling and that always. It was a little bit chaotic, but otherwise it was pretty it was pretty calm, uh, calm as far as uh, everything wow. went. Sounds like a real cool cool holiday was it um, were you able or did you not even care to kind of be plugged in did you go radio silent did you not know anything that was going on in hockey the world kind of things or how did that work uh yeah so i'm coming to you today with nothing no i i uh, <laughs> i i had uh no stayed in you know stayed involved stayed mm-hmm. involved and uh i mean something like first of all boy you talk about coaching changes and who would think patrick wall would be behind the islander bench mm-hmm. and then that you know, like only Montreal Canadian fans can do just that, you know, great 
great greeting and classy tribute to the visiting team coach and that. So, no, so I was able to uh, follow, you know, obviously not as in depth as when I'm doing the show and that, but I was able to keep in touch with things and the incredibly red hot Edmonton Oilers, the sinking uh, right of, right now, Los Angeles Kings and the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up with three consecutive wins, two against a really good Winnipeg Jet team. So, uh, Gord Stellick with us on Sports 1440. From uh, Toronto's uh, take, what's your uh, perspective on what's been going on here with the Oilers in 16 straight wins, one off the league record? Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, Kevin, so there's been a number of coaching changes, and uh, it may be because how well it's worked in Edmonton may have precipitated some of the other ones. But in, in every other case, you know, it's it's kind of like, okay, okay, maybe not a super surprise. I mean, Ottawa, St. Louis, the Islanders, and, you know, th- those kind of teams here up in the air, what they were going to do this, this year. But the Oilers, like, it never made any sense mm-hmm. at the start of the season. You got Connor McDavid, and you got Leon Dreisaitl, and you got the team that finished the way it did last year. And I know, you know, working with Mike Johnson, he's a big guy on metrics and stats and stuff within the game. And I know a lot of it was the Oilers actually were showing – well on that like one of those it's only a matter of time till it comes type things and then it ultimately did so I always felt you know they're kind of like the Leafs that in the number it's a minimum you're in the playoffs like I mean you you, you had your growing pains but now that's a minimum expectation that you get in the playoffs so I, I even the deep hole they dug I really was never in doubt about that so I, I uh uh, what an entertaining team to watch you know Kevin one thing it'll help answer because you, you can never kind of figure out the question that when you are one of those teams, I don't know what they are, they're eight or ten, whatever number of teams that are in the position right now they expect to make the playoffs in for the foreseeable future, which, again, Edmonton's one, Toronto's another. Like how, And you've had playoff well, limited successes, but mostly disappointments, more so in Toronto than Edmonton, but on both sides. That How does an 82-game regular season best prepare you for a, a, a great playoff? Like last year we saw... Boston, you know, eliminated in the first round after a great regular season. Uh, one of the epic ones, the Tampa Bay Lightning, all those years ago, eliminated by Columbus in the first round. So I'm, I'm wondering in Edmonton's case that, you know, this kind of adversity, does it make you more playoff strong? I mean, we'll find out. I mean, Toronto's had a much more uneven season. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm curious how that's going to play it well for the Oilers. But uh, I, I wasn't surprised at all that they turned things around. There's a lot of people involved, but I'm really big on Jeff Jackson. I think that was a huge positive move made in the off season and you kind of seem that the element of calm and perspective and you know what he's brought in that regard and in 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 that particular role helping get things turned around and there's a fun entertaining team to to watch Mm -hmm. Um, a little bit more focus uh, more focus team defense and all those other things and also you're you're finally getting goaltending I mean geez you don't have goaltending you're screwed you know and and uh, and that was a huge part of the tough start well, you know, Gord, uh, as we're speaking with Gord Stellick from Sirius XM NHL Radio, Stu Skinner in the 16-game winning streak, he's uh, 12-0, and 0, his goals against is 1-4-1, his save percentage yeah. is 950. I mean, those are just astronomical numbers. And then when you add in the, the fact that the Oilers special teams, right now, when, when you combine them, they're third, uh, PK and power play, they're third in the NHL behind Tampa Bay and, and Carolina. So that's, that's how, how good these teams are playing, uh, good this team is playing with the man advantage and on the PK. So those are the three things. But uh, between that and Skinner, uh, they are playing as best, as as good as I've seen them play, you know, since I've been covering the team for 25 right. years. So uh, they're they, they playing on, on another level. Uh, what do you make of uh, Corey Perry coming here? Oh, great pickup. Great pickup. I mean, it was, he, he played, what, a number of years for about $1 million or whatever the minimum mm-hmm. was. And a big reason 
he got the $4 million contract from Chicago was because it was known that Edmonton was interested in him. Connor McDavid was interested in him. And, uh, and, and so j- just a great pickup, just a great pickup, whoever was going to get him. And, you know, whatever happened in Chicago once and very quickly, Gary Bettman basically, you know, just kind of said, gave his blessing about trying to get, let Corey Perry figure things out. There's not going to be anything additional that uh, any kind of discipline or whatever it may be. So just get back to playing hockey. And, you know, maybe in some cases you end up having a few weeks off when you're a veteran player. It's not a bad thing for the regular season, but you know, I, I love these kind of players. I mean, the guy won a heart trophy years ago and then later in his career, he's able to evolve into a different role and, and do that with the same kind of um, intensity as the guy that scored a ton of points and won a heart trophy. So uh, you knew he was going to go to one of the, um, playoff teams for sure, and uh, I I, th- I just think he's a great pickup. Gord Stalick with us on Sports 1440. Uh, you touched it as we go around the league here, Gord. You touched on it a little bit about the L.A. Kings and what's been happening there. Uh, you know what? You know, a couple months ago I had them ranked number one in the power rankings. Now they're uh, really falling off, but uh, two wins in 16 games. Uh, Todd McClellan did get a vote of confidence from Rob Blake, but I don't know how much more how, how much more patient they can be with with their head coach here. Your thoughts on what's going on in L.A.? Well, if Nashville beats Ottawa tonight, which uh, is very likely, you mm-hmm. think, um, they pass the L.A. Kings are out of the playoffs. That, that's, that's unfathomable. Yeah. That's hard with the kind of start they had. So, again, and, and this is where what happened in Edmonton with Jeff Jackson, Kenny Hall, and Paul Coffey and others, you know, thinking it through. Uh, I know they're doing that in Los Angeles as well. And, and you know, what, where, what's the coach's role in this? You know, what's going on with Drew Doughty and calling out certain players? Uh, again, you got to be careful licking your chops when you make a trade about how you fleeced Winnipeg and the Pierre-Luc Dubois trade, where now it looks the opposite. So, you know, what's going on with Kelly? What's, you know, the goaltending's a part of a, you know, just so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real, you know, they've had a lot of one-goal games, mm-hmm. a lot of overtime losses and shootout losses and that, but uh, whatever, and again, I always go back to the, 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 play, the dressing room is real. So inside the dressing room, it's real. Whatever whatever things may be amiss or what things are going to come around, uh, Mike Johnson actually says they're, much like Edmonton earlier in the year, they're, they're deeper dive stats are actually not all that bad. It's kind of, you know, they're, they're better than the record indicates. But uh, you can't, you know, <laughs> uh, boy, oh, boy, you're, you're at the point now where you have to figure out what it is that needs some fixing and, and do it. Gord Stellick with us on Sports 1440. We had Aaron Portsline on at, uh, about an hour ago, Gordon. I know you know him well with The Athletic, and he was just touching base with uh, everything that's been happening with Columbus. Uh, what's your take on the Jackets? Uh, again, this is uh, a team that just seems to be in, in disarray, and then uh, the news with Patrick Lyony. Uh, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on what's happening with this uh, Jackets organization? Well, you know, you know, two of us, you know, we've been in the business or following it for a lot of years. And I was talking, we had Yarmo Kekalainen on our show a couple of weeks ago, just saying, you think you've seen everything. And then you see a head coach not even make it to his first training camp, you know, with the whole Mike Babcock situation. So all of a sudden, uh, I, it, to me, it can't be an excuse. In a lot of ways, you came together as players and got that result. So I thought maybe a, a chance to galvanize the players moving forward they're kind of like ottawa though that you whatever expectations you had you're kind of saying okay we're going to be in the draft lottery one more time and uh so now you got to play you got to give i mean their their attendance actually has been half decent so you've got to give your fans a solid effort you got to develop some habits some positive habits 
the rest of the way. And I, I, I know they know that and are, and are aware of that. And the line A situation explains a lot. I mean, he had that game earlier in the year that he just was going to be a healthy scratch. And even he said, I just need to get my head in the game or whatever. Or, you know, I need a tweak or a reset. Well, you know, if someone is dealing with that and you find out whatever else he's doing and we always wish everybody the best when they're and applaud the fact they're trying to get some help and getting that help uh, with it because you know Johnny Goodrow, Patrick Liney, two big pickups by them the last couple of years and uh, um, you know not happening there not happening there right now so they're going to uh, like I said have the just kind of ride it well you don't want to ride it out but just have, hopefully have a pause take each game and have a positive game and you know, give some positives for the fans and for yourselves to draw and in the offseason. Gord Stellick with us on Sports 1440. Uh, let's get to the Leafs, Gord. Uh, you're kind of bread and butter, and uh, I guess what you guys focus on, obviously, in Toronto. So what do you make of kind of going into the All-Star break where this team is, where you think it should be, and maybe where it should be going? So, you know, Kevin, it's, uh, again, I, I equated that. I, I said that about Edmonton. What's the best 82-game regular season to have for the playoffs? And you know, with the Toronto Maple Leafs that one year uh, that playing with empty arenas in the lockout, you know, in the Canadian division, that, I mean, they killed it. Mm-hmm. They killed it. Uh, they, they went into Edmonton, won three consecutive games and almost got three shutouts in it with three different goaltenders, came in first, and at the end, 3-1 lead over the Montreal Canadiens, and they're out. So, you know, I so this is much more uneven ride. It's a bumpier ride. They're not where, you know, Boston is, and you thought at some time the Leafs would supplant the Bruins, say, as being the best team in the regular season in the Atlantic Division. So it's a, it's a funny animal. I think one thing is they got got to get away from the sexiness of who's going to ride to the rescue as a trade deadline pickup. There's no Nick Foligno. There's no Ryan O'Reilly. Like if you get a uh, – like Luke Shen was a great pickup last year, a lesser-known kind of pickup. So if you get some kind of depth pickups, you know, that's going to be – that's what you're going to be looking at. Guys like Max Domi and Tyler Bertuzzi are kind of your pickups you made in the summer, and a lot of it was based on the fact that they've had solid playoffs in the past when presented the opportunity. So it's the, this is the gang that's got to get them to the next place. Like, you know, Damian Cox and myself, we wrote a book on the Leafs team back in the 1970s called – the book's called Revival – but it was about you know four homegrown guys in Borja Somming, Lanny McDonald, Tiger Williams, Daryl Sittler, and 40-plus years later, uh, of course, Borja passed away, but they're as close as you could be. You know, who knows in 40 years down the road where Marner, Matthews, uh, Riley, and, and uh, Nylander will be, but that's kind of a comparable. Four homegrown players that got to get to that next level, and that you know team in the 70s had a huge playoff win for people old enough to remember a tough seven game series over the New York Islanders. And this Leaf team hasn't done that yet. And that's kind of where they got to get Edmonton's done that Edmonton's got to get further too. And the Leafs hope they get as far as Edmonton way, hey, a Toronto Edmonton final. I mean, that's what they hope. Yeah. And when they're good, you can see it. And then when they're not, you can say much like the Oilers earlier in the year, these kind of things that are lacking of attention to detail, attention to team play, attention to defense, is it going to be a disappointing playoff exit again? Well, the country would blow up if it were a Leafs-Oilers-Stanley Cup final. Do you think um, Ilya Samsonov has found his game totally? Uh, well, you know, the goaltending, right? You know, week to week, you know, funny things you saw with Jack Campbell about who had seemed to revive his career in Toronto and, and it couldn't happen in Edmonton. I, I give Samsonov credit, much like Campbell, I like a stand-up guy, you know, mm-hmm. about, and hey, the Leafs sticking with it. whoever it is. 
Like when the puck drops, I mean, last year, the Florida Panthers didn't believe in Bobrovsky for game one of the playoffs. He was a healthy backup, right? Yeah. And then he got going, got on a tear. So whether it's Edmonton or Toronto, whether it's Joe Wall or Samsonov or heaven, hey, Martin Jones, who's kind of been a good, good number three, uh, whatever. Hey, Vegas style of goaltending, right? Gives you a Stanley Cup. They're not Vesna winners, mm-hmm. uh, but gives you a Stanley Cup, lesser known. Same with Edmonton. So you just got to hope whoever it is. Uh, if they steal games, that's a bonus, but gives you good enough goaltending every game that to for a chance to win it when it's the playoffs. A uh, couple things off topic. I just got an email, uh, Gord, right while we're talking from Dick Irvin, who's going to be coming on our show on Wednesday. How's that? Oh, you know, that's pretty cool. Give Dick my regards. You oh. talk about iconic. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, anyway, just a, a great resource, a great help. Oh to anybody in the business so that 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 is great i love i love listening to dicker oh so i'm looking forward to that i just got a he just kind of sent me a note what's the routine you want to call before he wants to make sure because i mean as you know dick was so well prepared on everything he wants to make sure that he's you know coming into this interview on wednesday and of course our our co-host on wednesday is david schlemko who played in montreal so there'll be yeah. that ang- angle as well uh the other thing too and you mentioned it gord about boris salming uh, were you able to watch the documentary on crave on salming Oh yeah, okay. yeah, and? yeah. I um, uh, yeah. No, like like, in some ways, for me, because I was so in it, I was so mm-hmm. in that era. So there's a but but let's face it. Every every production takes literary license to make it a better production, right? Yeah. So there's a number of things that really you know a number of individuals that are more prominent than whatever it may be. But the bottom line was, and again. I have a passion for it, love for it, so I love it, yeah. right? I've, I've loved the documentary uh, about him. I, I mean, he's my all-time iconic favorite player. It was such a privilege to, you know, you know, work so closely with him, get to know him and all that. So uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm killing it. Mm-hmm. I just, I really, really enjoy it. What do you think of it? I'll be honest, the first couple episodes, it took me a while to get, like I just, and uh, the production value for me is a little different. I'm looking at it other through different lens than you are. I like the episodes like uh, three, four, and five, once they kind of got going a little more in Toronto. Um, the other thing that I wish, and I, I always liken it to when you watch a hockey documentary or a hockey film or anything, that's, that's why Miracle was such a great picture for me because the players could skate. You know, you could see um, the ability that they had that, you know, all those kids in the Miracle movie were kind of hockey players. Uh, this one here, you, you, you don't see that. I don't feel that as much. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, it's... Uh uh, miracle boy it, it worked in both the Carl Malden playing Herb Brooks and Kurt Russell <laughs> yeah. playing Herb Brooks but yeah it, and you know you look at they're trying to get a semblance of Maple Leaf Gardens and they're you can't you can't you can't have a second you know mm-hmm. if, if it ain't Maple Leaf Gardens man it's 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 just very very secondary so we all we all get a little picky at that but I will say you know the first like I, I was unaware I don't know how much is being played up or not I don't know but about you know, the fact that he's from northern Sweden and the elements of discrimination that he faced, I, I was completely unaware of that. Um, and because Borea was the coolest cat going, mm-hmm. he kicked ass. And that, and that personality is a little bit more timid than Borea. Borea was not timid. as He just kicked ass. Yeah. He was larger than life. He did his own thing. He was his own man. He, you know, so so uh, I, I kind of smile a little bit about that. But uh, I... Uh, uh, anyway, I've enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think I think you and I could be skating in some of those scenes <laughs> as an extra. I think you're well, right. I appreciate your time, Gordon. Uh, when I think of you on a sailboat, I, I don't think of Gilligan at all. I think of like the professor for sure. 
at all. Well, I've got the body of the skipper without the <laughs> nautical ability, so that's uh, that's probably how it all was. But anyway, uh, anyway, I'm back, and always good to talk hockey. Good catching up. Thanks, Gord. Appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Take care. See ya. That's Gord Stellick and our headliner of the day for Mr. Rooter. There is a reason that they call him Mr. For all your plumbing needs, go to mrrooter.ca. Duke, do you remember Gilligan's Island? Did you ever see any episodes of that? I have seen some episodes mm-hmm. of that. Not a ton, I'll, I'll be, I'll admit it. But uh, yeah, like you said, though, the characters' names, like I, I can. The Professor and Marianne, you yeah, know. yeah. And so I've seen a few episodes, and but it, and like that's a show that gets referenced so much just in pop culture in general, right? Yeah. I mean, like I said, like you call people Gilligan, and and, and <laughs> everyone knows, or <laughs> you kind of know what it's referring to, Skipper right? Skipper so, too, you yeah. know, oh, you know, being in charge and the movie star. That was uh, what was her name, Ginger. Yeah, I think yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. So. movies. Marianne, Thurston Howell, and his wife, Thurston <laughs> Howell the Third. I think yeah. his name was. Oh boy! Uh, when we come back, we'll wrap things up. Maybe we'll talk a little more Gilligan's Island. Who knows? I could just imagine Stellick on that boat. But that's a you think about it. I mean, according like what he was saying about that experience, you got three, four couples on there, fifty foot boat, four bedrooms, and like what Gord said about like like he, he teed it up right by saying you know something out of his own comfort yeah. zone. Man, I don't think you could pay me to do something like that. Like water, oh, water's no. not really doesn't jive with me. Be there in a second. You, you'll, yeah, oh, you would absolutely. And just you know, you got to you, make you'd sure you'd be out there slinging the ropes up over the yes, bow yeah. and, oh, and yeah. yanking in the sails and all that the stuff. The jib, man, I'd the, be on the jib. Man, the jib. Yes, I'd be on the jib. I could, could I be? Is there a crow's nest? No, on you're a not. Boat? Yeah, <laughs> the only thing I would picture you on any boat is at the very, at the very front when you're like doing the the Titanic, uh, thing? the Leo DiCaprio, <laughs> King of the World. The the Duke is the King of the World. I could uh, I could swab the deck. Yeah, you could do that. There we go. That's a good oh, job yeah. for me. Uh, we'll wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440 right after the break. Drawing a blank, Duke. Drawing a blank. But I've I've heard this song many times, obviously. Danny Seals. Danny, that's who it is? Yeah. Really? I thought there was a different guy. Yeah. All night long. Bop with your baby all night long, Duke. Wow. You know, I'm so excited about our, our guest on Wednesday, Dick Irvin. I know, like, he's obviously from a different era than what you're kind of uh, used to, but I would bet that a lot of our listeners would be excited to have this man on. A true legend in hockey history. Uh, like, I mean, in hockey history from every, you know, uh, facet from, you know, when he he grew up in Saskatchewan, obviously went to the Montreal Canadiens, you know, his, his dad is Dick Irvin Sr., Toe Blake. I mean, we're going, like, all the great players that he would have seen over the years, like, you know, obviously Rocket Richard and guys like that. I mean, you go back to the, you know, and he was on Hockey Night in Canada for years and years and years. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one. So I'm going to call him this afternoon and we're going to line things up because uh, he wants to kind of know what we're going to talk about and things like that. So Like, like you said with Gorda, a, a pro's pro, oh. get prepped yeah. and everything. So, yeah. uh, And then tomorrow, I I think I'm, we're 50-50 on getting former Oiler, Hall of Famer Glenn Anderson for tomorrow. Uh, with Grant Fuhr and just uh, Glenn Anderson basically took over coach and GM duties in Powell River. Uh, so he's a busy guy right now. Uh, we were texting last week and uh, Andy was flying in from, uh, I think he was flying in from New York to Seattle. So hopefully we could get Andy on tomorrow uh, with Grant Fuhr, which would be pretty cool. Uh, Alfred says, uh, ask Dick about Danny Gallivan. Yeah. I mean, Danny Gallivan was still, I mean, basically you had Danny Gallivan, then you had Bob Cole. 
before Danny, you had Foster Hewitt, and these were basically the voices of Canadian hockey. I mean, Danny Gallivan, I mean, you know all his, he was the Savardian Spinorama, yeah. the cannonading drive, <laughs> uh, and Dick Irvin was side by side, you know, for all of that. Oh, oh, nails is on you, your buddy Nails, uh, swabbing the deck. That's the Duke. Yeah, same as same as cleaning the milk house, he says. Uh, I didn't use a mop to do that. I used a squeegee, but I'm sure a squeegee has a lot of purpose on a nice boat as well. Do you think they actually still use, like, mops on the, the deck? Well, sure they do. What do you think? Though? How do you I think they clean I, things? I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a clue. I... <laughs> I just, uh, you've got to get, we got to get you. I don't know if I've ever been, actually, I shouldn't say that. I was on, so when I was younger, we took a houseboating trip in the shoe shop one summer with some family friends, but I was very, I was quite young then. Um, Other than that, I've been like (laughs) out on a few like little, uh, little dinghies and some, and some like uh, some boats like out to rip around the lake. Uh, Like what do you, like sporting boats. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously a jet boat or something. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. uh, This is a, Years ago, we used to take uh, go up to Dipper Lake in Saskatchewan on our fishing trip for our fathers, mm. and we would take we would go in homemade, and they were homemade Indian skiff boats. They called them, so they were made out of plywood, out of wood, and the wood was bent and it was a flat bottom, and you would take them through the rapids. Hmm. Uh, that I'll, I'll guarantee you, Duke, if you were on one of those boats, you're not making it. You're without <laughs> without leaning over. Uh, and letting, letting lunch fly. Yeah. I, I'll, I will say that, like, I don't really get, um, nauseous, uh, like motion sickness or anything like that. And a few times I have been on boats, like it doesn't, uh, doesn't seem to bother me. Uh, airplane travel, I never feel unwell. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I get seasick. You would be. On the river. You're supposed to just look at the horizon. Yeah. That's, you what, know they, that? that's what the old sailor's trick is. It doesn't work all the time, Duke. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh, G sends a text in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Dick Irvin will be wearing a shirt and tie for your radio interview. Probably true. Impeccably dressed, Dick Irvin. Um, this was the one that came in earlier from uh, Daniel. We were talking about being superstitious. Uh, Daniel here. I always pack and unpack my gear a specific way. Always get dressed the same way and take my gear off the same way. Left skate. First, right skate last. Tape my stick the same way. When I used to play major midget, I would weigh my food before the game and eat the same amount at the same time before every game. Wow. I, I, I was like, that's like next level stuff. And I mean, hey, there's a lot of pros that are like this too. And uh, a few of them have even come out uh, like post-career and stuff, say they like, deal with OCD and yeah. uh, eventually have to kind of get onto uh, some medication to help them with that. I believe um, Colin Wilson I yeah. think uh, he he came out with that after uh, after hanging him up, saying like, "Yeah, this really impacted him in his career. That you get so into this routine that if you can't do it, it like it does have a, a impact on your mental health and stuff. Because uh, like OCD is it's a true yeah. like people like to make light of it, and I I'm guilty of that sometimes too about even just like liking to be organized and stuff. But like hardcore OCD, that's a legitimate uh, issue and like a mental mental health disorder. So. I uh, I definitely don't don't envy anybody that's ever had to deal with something like that as opposed to just yeah getting dressed the same way every Ugh. game or something. Mick texts in the Oilers cannot risk the whole season on one guy in net Skinner. They can't put Jack back in. Oilers' biggest need is moving Jack and getting a goalie back. Uh, so late first and Broberg who isn't worth the first anymore. Love one. Can we get that this Costanza thing going here again? Oh, yeah. Uh, first anymore, Lavoie, worth a third, blah, blah, blah. You can give up Borgo, who isn't producing for Merzilkins, Elvis. Uh, it's, they're not trading for Elvis, Mick, sorry. 
Not happening ever. Um, Playbook Vic is going Lieutenant Dan through the storms. That's like uh, from uh, Happy Gilmore. I'm from... Uh, sorry, uh, uh, sorry, Forrest Gump. Forrest yeah. Gump, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why I meant... I had a brain freeze there. <laughs> uh, Lieutenant Dan through the storms, yeah. that was He was really upset about... You know, he was up in the crow's nest. That, yeah. And then he kind of went down and... Wow. <laughs> Um, you know, you're talking about guys doing the, the superstitious stuff. I knew a guy that would, uh, you know, on the rugs, if you had a rug in your house before he left to go to wherever, you know, the tassels that would be on the edge of the rugs. Oh yeah. He had to make sure that those were all perfectly kind of in order. Really? Hey? Yeah. So you're basically taking a comb and making sure. So, hmm. Uh, text coming in from the rig, uh, Glenn, what is it? do you know? I don't Anderson. Know. Oh, that's Glenn Anderson. Oh, uh, you should ask Glenn Anderson if he's got himself one of the floating cabins up on Powell Lake. Need experience the rig. Well, maybe you can go and hang out with Andy on one of these floating cabins. And that, yeah, that'll be my, uh, as far as uh, seafaring, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kind of I- introduced me to the landscape and just like floating around the lake. <laughs> this is kind of going to be an interesting... Before I hit the high seas. Yes, but an interesting week. So there's, I believe, just one game in the NHL tonight. Correct. Uh, there are two tomorrow. two tomorrow. And then there are three Wednesday, I believe. That could be true. Uh, three Wednesday, yeah. Three so Wednesday. One, one today, two tomorrow, and then three Wednesday, and then, of course, the All-Star break. So... We've never done this before, so that where there's been such a light, I guess you could call schedule. it schedule and everything else that's happening. So, and then of course with the Oilers being off and things like that, so very interesting, no question about we'll that. We'll test our metal. Well, I mean, we maybe we'll go over the grades again, Duke. <laughs> Dive deeper. I, you know what? Of twenty guys, and there's only two. You said okay, so I had I gave Evander Kane a B. You said he should be B minus. I gave McLeod a B. You said he should be B minus. The only other one was Brown, um, Connor Brown, and I gave him a C minus. You said D plus. Yeah. And everything else you're okay with? Everything else is pretty, pretty close, I think. Um, you know what? I actually think – actually, no, never mind. I was looking at the wrong one. Yeah, and then I think maybe Bouchard, maybe just a B or a B minus instead of a B plus. B minus, eh? You're right. Yeah. You're number five in defensive scoring in the league. Defenseman got to do more than just put I understand that, Duke. I understand that. But No, I, I, I am admittedly sometimes too critical of Evan Bouchard's defensive play because what he does at the end of the ice is so beneficial. Um, I, B plus is probably a mm-hmm. fair, fair assessment. Playbook Vic is back in business, baby. Uh, Pickard has 124 NHL games and a 904 save percentage. He's a qualified backup. New to the Oilers, but more than capable. He's done nothing but give the team a chance at a win when called upon. Save the assets, especially with Soup as a third and how he's playing currently and how he played in the playoffs last year. I just don't see, unless something goes totally awry in net, I just don't see anything happening. I don't see it happening either, Kev. (laughs) Kevin from Gordoyle. Some of these fans can't think it out. Elvis has done what in this league? I can tell you what he's doing right now. He's putting himself ahead of his team. Is that what we need right now? Don't think so. Very well stated. Uh, so we got a busy show, hopefully, coming up tomorrow. And, of course, Wednesday. It's going to be a great week. Looking forward to it. want to thank all of our guests today that uh, 
Contributed to the big program, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports at 7.20. Mark Spector, Andrew Peard, better late than never, AP. Aaron Portsline from The Athletic, covers the Jackets, and Gordy Stellick, Sirius XM NHL Radio, former GM of the Maple Leafs, and of course our Monday co-host, Lorianne Munzer, the former Olympic gold medalist in cycling from 2004. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... The former Ross Shep Tiber. Connor Halley and the Duke of Delburn at 11 o'clock till 12. And then at 12, it'll be the lowdown with Alan Mitchell till 2. Jason Greger drives us home on Sports 1440 till 6 o'clock. Coming up, top of the hour, it is Fantasy Friends. We want to thank uh, all of our listeners and thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show. For all the texts, uh, great uh, wisdom, advice, the whole bit, uh, points of view, everything else. I really appreciate you being a part of of the show. Uh, top of the hour again, Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, time now for a Sports 1440 update with the lovely and talented Donovan the intern. He's got about another week or so until we go with Donnie P, unless he is reprimanded one more time. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Take care.